You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 3. I'll be reading verses 13 through 17 of Matthew's Gospel. And that's on page 4 of your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along um, as we read these words from Matthew. At that time, Jesus arrived from Galilee and came to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. But John tried to make him change his mind. I ought to be baptized by you, John said, and yet you have come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for in this way we shall do all that God requires. And so John agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. Then heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and lighting on him. Then a voice said from heaven, This is my own dear Son, with whom I am pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our collected hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who we who are as we say together, Amen. So like I said earlier, I promise I'm not trying to rub it in. I promise. But I had the opportunity to spend the last week of life plus one extra day, which is a whole other story, down in Cape Coral, Florida. It was the five of us plus my mom and dad and my sister. My folks are spending the entire month down there. It is their first attempt at being snowbirds. And based on the way that things look around us, I think that they made the right choice. The house that they have uh, in Florida sits on one of the 400 miles of canal in, um, in, um, in Cape Coral, Florida, but the canal is not swimmable because of the alligators. We saw an alligator almost every single morning when we were down there in Florida, and so the house has come equipped with a very lovely swimming pool. And what I have found when it comes to swimming pools is that there are two types of people. There are waders they like to test the waters and adjust before they go deeper and make sure it's fine first. And then there are plungers. I'm a plunger. In my family, I have found that there are both plungers and waders among us. Even in a heated swimming pool, some of my family prefers to wade into the water while others of us can't wait that long and just want to get in there as fast as possible, Auden and I are the plungers of the family. Almost any body of water from Lake Ponset to the pool down in Florida, I am ready to jump in. And what I've noticed about plungers that kind of even annoys me about plungers is that we have one thing that we say to the waders to kind of prod them to get them in the water a little bit faster. We say, come on in, the water's fine. Just by the way, as a strategy, it doesn't work at all, but yet we still say it. In our scripture for this morning, John the baptizer stood in the waters of the Jordan River 
shouting to the waiters and the plungers all alike, saying, come on in, the water's fine. And some of them took him up on his offer. Some of them were baptized by John in the Jordan River. And some stood on the shore, not so sure that the waters were as fine as John said. And earlier in Matthew's gospel, John has some words for those that stay on the shore. But I just got to tell you that I understand their hesitancy. Even as a plunger who would be right next to John in the Jordan River as fast as I possibly could have been, I understand their apprehension. Listening to John is a hard thing to do sometimes because John is a little bit of a person to get used to. Remember with me how earlier in Matthew's gospel, Matthew explains what John looks like. John was a wild person whose clothes were made of camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Sounds a little suspicious to me. John wasn't necessarily normal, nor was what he was proclaiming. I mean, don't get me wrong, ritual washing was very common in the Jewish faith and in Jewish life, and it still is, but not in the same way that John was talking about it. One ritual that was particularly important to the Jewish faith was a spiritual cleansing by full immersion. What people would do as they came to the temple is that they would enter into a mikvah, a descending bath. They would walk down the steps into the mikvah at certain points in life and when they came into contact with certain things and they would arise from those waters as those who were pure and those who were clean. But what John was talking about in a baptism was different. John was not talking about a ritualistic cleaning that made someone right with God for a while. No, John was proclaiming a baptism for the repentance of sin. What John was proclaiming was bigger and different and maybe, just maybe, even riskier. Yet he said, come on in. The water's fine. And then one day, as the Gospels tell it, someone did come on down who was ready to take the plunge into the Jordan River in baptism. And it just so happened to be John's own younger cousin named Jesus. Jesus came to present himself to baptism. And in Jesus' presentation of himself, John was shocked. It was John's turn to be a waiter. It was John's turn to test the waters. It was John's turn to be just a little bit apprehensive. And rather than continue with the proclamation and rather than continue with the baptisms, John is insistent that the role should be reversed. But Jesus is even more insistent that he has it right, that he has to be baptized so that he can do all that God has required of him. Or as it's said in other translations, so that he can fulfill all righteousness. 
despite the fact that the baptism that John was proclaiming and the baptisms that we, most of us, have experienced were baptisms for the forgiveness of sin. The sinless Savior, Jesus the Christ, entered the waters of baptism. He insisted that he too must enter the waters alongside all the others who took that plunge on the shores of the Jordan River. And the question that all of this makes me want to ask is this. Why? Why? Why did Jesus feel this need to be baptized, knowing full well that he did not have sin in his life? Why did Jesus need to plunge himself into the waters and see that they are, in fact, fine? Why? Part of the answer is that in Jesus' baptism, God inaugurates the start of Jesus' public ministry. After the moment when Jesus is baptized, heaven opens and a dove descends upon Jesus, and a voice from heaven says, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is my Son. God begins Jesus' public ministry by telling, telling who he is. And throughout all the rest of his years, Jesus figured out what it meant to be the Son of God. Jesus turned all things over to God, his dreams, his actions, his life, and he gave fully of himself so that all of God's people may experience the life that God had in store for them. Jesus' baptism was his commissioning into ministry. The other part of it, and maybe even the bigger part of it, is that Jesus entered the waters of baptism out of love for people like you and me. And I would love to be able to take credit for this next thought, but it actually comes from Reverend Rob McCoy, a United Methodist pastor in Rock Island, Illinois, who said on his Pulpit Fiction podcast that Jesus' baptism is the first of two times that Jesus did something he does not have to do that he does for us. Jesus' baptism is the first of two times where Jesus does something he does not have to do and does it for us. The first is baptism. The second is, any guesses? The cross, yeah. Jesus does these two things for us that he does not have to do. In submitting to the waters of baptism, Jesus is going where we go. Jesus is claiming that he is willing to experience what we have experienced and walk through what we walk through. In entering the waters of baptism, Jesus is proclaiming a solidarity with the sinful and the broken. And it is the first step that he takes that will lead him to the cross of Calvary. That's why Jesus was baptized. Which leaves the question of why are we baptized? 
And the same answer, the answer is the same for us as it was for Jesus. We are baptized so that we have this claim to solidarity with him. In presenting ourselves and our loved ones for baptisms, we are acknowledging that we have sin in our lives and that we believe on Jesus for the forgiveness of those sins. Baptism is a sign that we are called and claimed by God. Baptism is a sign that we are loved by Jesus. And baptism is a sign that we are made fully alive in the Holy Spirit. Or put more formally, baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace that is founded on the person of Jesus Christ. And not only that, in our baptism we have a solidarity with Jesus' mission and ministry. In our baptism we have a solidarity with Jesus in mission and in ministry. Just as with Jesus, our baptism is our own commissioning into a ministry. Our baptism is the start of a journey of walking as Jesus walked, of living as Jesus lived, as loving as Jesus loved. And if we are true to our baptisms, our lives start to look more and more like His. If we are true to our baptism, we do the things that Jesus did. We tell the truth in a world of lies. We give in a world that takes. We love in a world that hates. We bring peace to a world that fights. In living out our baptism, we seek not success or security, but we seek sacrifice. Our baptism is the beginning of a life lived more for others than for ourselves. It's bigger. It's different. And it's just a little bit risky. And there is no wild man in the wilderness calling you to repentance this morning. There's only a person that hopefully only mildly annoyed you at the start of the sermon. But let me tell you this. Come on in. For the water is fine. In a few moments, we're going to have the opportunity to remember our baptism and to take communion, but to remember our baptism, to express our desire to have a solidarity with who Jesus is and to live in a love that is established by him. We will have the opportunity once more to be refreshed and renewed for Jesus' service to the world. And so, dear friends in Christ, whether you are a waiter or a plunger, hear these words of invitation. Come on in. The water is fine. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for the life of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for the way that he lived, for the way that he loved and for the way that he inspired others. We are those whom he has inspired. We are among those that he has inspired. Help us to enter the waters of, these, of this baptismal remembrance and this meal called communion. Help us to remember Jesus' work in our lives, through all of our lives. 
and help us to walk forward in the strength of our faith that the waters are fine and that Jesus is with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.